Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another episode uh, of a podcast from Wessex LMCs. Um, it's nice today to have Sanjay Patel, who um, we've had on our podcast several times before and some of our most popular podcasts. Um, just before I introduce Sanjay, however, I'll let you know who I am. My name's Will Howard. I'm a medical director at Wessex LMCs and a GP in Southwest Hampshire. Sanjay, can I ask you to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, Sanjay Patel. I'm a paediatric infectious diseases consultant at Southampton Children's Hospital. I'm also now the National Clinical Advisor for Antimicrobial Stewardship at NHS England, and I lead the Healthier Together programme. Thanks, Sanjay. I think anyone who's listened to our podcast before when we've had Sanjay uh, welcomed as a guest, um, I, I think we can all safely say that Sanjay provides us with genuine practical advice uh, that we can use on the ground as GPs, which I think is unusual for some of our colleagues from secondary care. Sanjay is a rare beast in that actually everything he says in general practice, we tend to be able to actually use, which is fantastic. So Sanjay, I think we're all grateful for that. And you've helped us through some of the biggest crises that we've had recently. Uh, I go back to the group A strep outbreak last year. Actually, the advice you gave to us that we were able to share with practices was genuinely invaluable. So thank you for that. Um, Sanjay, we've got you back on our podcast today because uh, we genuinely value the Wessex Healthier Together app. And there may be GPs and other listeners out there who haven't heard of Wessex Healthier Together, uh, despite it being around for a few years now. Could you give us a very brief 30 second recap on Wessex Healthier Together? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we've been going for about 10 years and uh, the main principle that we're trying to achieve is to um, empower parents. Um, so that they feel confident in recognising um, severe illness in children and as importantly, r- recognising self-limiting illnesses that can be managed safely at home without having to seek uh, pharmacy or primary care or ED input. And we do that mainly through delivering consistent messages across the urgent care pathway. So we engage with the voluntary sector, with health visitors, with schools, GPs, community pharmacists, uh, ED departments, all sorts, um, so that we're all singing off the same hymn street, but also we provide our resources to parents in a really clear, sensible, logical way. So it's all based on red, amber, green content. So it really distills out what we believe parents should be looking out for. And they really value that, that, you know, whenever we speak to parents, we've developed all of our content with parents um, and young people. And so it, it kind of works for them, um, but it also joins all of us up together. You know, my father was is now retired, but was a GP. So I really do value and understand how important primary care is and how important it is that we work together. So yeah, that's what we try and do. Excellent. So it's a place for parents to go that empowers them to make better decisions for the healthcare of their families, uh, essentially. Okie dokie, that, that's brilliant. And, and I know it's got, quite a wide ranging functionality now initially it felt like it was a, a website and then it's developed into an app over the years that you you've uh, since you started this um what's it able to deliver to practices now how can it help them well it's it's main aim for practices is is, is multifold but one of it is just to provide healthcare professionals in say in primary care with resources they can share with parents so um, it's still got that and that's the website essentially so the website is almost the front facing end of healthier together but the website contains resources for professionals in the form of clinical pathways uh, resource packs for some of our more functional presentations you know some of the abdo pains and headaches and that's new content we put on there but so that 
offers a wide variety of stuff and also SMS share functionality. So straight from the website, you can be on any page that can be translated into any language and spoken aloud in many languages because obviously accessibility and supporting vulnerable families and those where English isn't their first language is paramount. So you can do all of that off the website and then send them an SMS share so it goes straight to their phone. It doesn't get lost in an email box somewhere. And that doesn't come from your personal email address. It comes from the website. So that's what professional professionals have found really helpful. But more recently, what we've realized is if we really want to change parental health seeking behavior and support them to identify proper sick children, of which there are less and less because of our vaccines and, and just the general quality of health and nutrition in this country, but but to be confident managing minor stuff when they haven't got any red or amber features. And the app, that's why we brought out the app, because it's it's really easy to get to those pages. It's laid out so that it walks the parent through red, amber, green. And for practices that have onboarded, and onboarding is more than just a parent downloading the app. Any parent can download the app. But if the practice has kind of activated the app, and what that means that it's worked with the app, app developers to um, ensure that it has a link up with the ambers so that a parent can sort of send a message directly into primary care, well, then we're really able to nudge parent health seeking behavior. And, and, and we've shown that kind of some of with some of the data we've got from the app. We get a, a rich amount of data about the app. OK, so, yeah, lots of data. I didn't know that actually you could send SMS direct from the website. That's a really useful thing. I think a lot of GPs are very used now to sending texts to their patients from from an Accurex system or something similar to that. But uh, but an alternative that goes straight from the website will be useful and time saving for most GPs, I suspect, you know, a few seconds here and a few seconds there. But it all adds up. So that's good to hear. And especially the languages, the translation, making sure we're reaching the more vulnerable patients, those patients that are harder to reach key feedback feedback from patients what have you got from patients so as part of the app we um i mean we obviously developed all the original content in partnership with parents and then we worked with a research group from the university of winchester just to really get some rich information and that's why we have the website looking as it does with the way that we've used language and easy read etc but the app also allows us to collect very rich data on parents on, on on where they landed so so we know that uh, well, what do we know that more than 50 percent about 70 percent of parents end up with a a non-health seeking disposition so that's essentially a green and we know that of the parents that land on green about 80 percent of them do actually manage their child at home so you know the worry with anything like this is that god the, the apps told them it's green but they're all going to pitch up a primary care or go to ed anyway well they're not you know, we know that very clearly from our app data, about 80% stay at home, 16% go to the primary care and 5% still go to ED. So you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, is it, Will? But, you know, that's a massive shift away from what we know. So when we asked them, what would you do if you didn't have an app, if you didn't have these resources? You know, actually, the data we get is startling. About 30% say they'll go to primary care. About 30% will go to an urgent care centre or ED. And nearly 10% will ring 999. So, you know, we are hugely changing health-seeking behaviour. Wow. That, that is light years away from practice. Those are two very different set of statistics. But with that, with that, the other bit that's really interesting for me is, is that I'm an almost 50-year-old man who's quite happily using apps, actually. If I look at my kids who are teenagers, older teenagers, 18, 20, 
actually you'll find that they that, that population has grown up with apps on their smartphones and it's very much a part of their language that's how they communicate with friends that's often how they'll access pretty much any part of their lives is via their smartphone and using apps specifically so i think we do need to remember to understand what the population our target population is going to use so using an app will be a much more likely part of their everyday understandable language for for the patients that we really need to be using it yeah um, I think that is right, Will, and I, I think there are the, so I think there is a future proofing bit there. I mean, the other bit we're working with is with the NHS app to try and get the Healthier Together app integrated within the NHS app, and that would be a game changer, wouldn't it? Because then you're kind of able to do a lot more really high level integration. You know, when we could push out information about immunisations and get a parent to almost book straight into an IMS clinic, it would save GP practice so much admin and all of those letters and calls that go out and would increase uptake rates, but. But we, when we look at the users of the app, you know, one concern people have is, is it just exacerbating the digital divide or digital exclusion? Does it mean that those vulnerable families just don't, you know, it actually worsens inequality? But actually 15% of app users say that the English isn't their first language. So almost by having something that's so easy to use, you're you're actually making it more accessible for some of those populations. So, yeah, I think the big the big concern, though, is that we still don't have as many parents knowing about the app, using it as we could. And so, you know, although we've got those extraordinary figures, if you've only got 5% of parents across Hampshire and the Isle of Wight knowing about the app, well, then your maximum impact is like a 3% impact. And so it's that that's the bit I think we need to work on. And it's only recently we've had these data. And, and I, like you, am very sceptical about uh, most new innovations and things that come down like from NHS England but this isn't from NHS England this has been homegrown by us you know we lead on this nationally for the whole of the country pretty much now and um, I think that there's enough data now to show that this app is not going to increase primary care activity like eConsult and other things have done this will hopefully help us navigate this winter I think these winters are getting harder and harder for all of us in secondary care and primary care yeah, I agree. I, I, one of the things that I know we've always said is, is that actually winters are getting harder. Summers are more like a winter now. And actually, therefore, something's got to give. Something's got to change. We've got to change something in the way in which patient demand is both uh, um, started and then how it's managed. So there's got to be some upfront form of education. And there's then got to be a way, a mechanism in which patients would be managed as an outcome from their own expectations. Uh, and I guess what I mean by that is Wessex Healthy Together is not only offering information to parents at the point at which they may be concerned, but it's also then helping them understand the next steps they need to take that we can direct them in the most efficient manner for the system. So it kind of does a bit of everything for us. It's helping them make the right decisions uh, and it's also then directing them to what to do with those decisions and where to go next. So it ticks all of the boxes for those families and managing our demand in general practice. Um, it, there's a lot. And also, actually, Will, it, it provides data to the GP. You no, know, as you said that, you reminded me that it provides data to the GP practice. So I think you increasingly have to be reporting activity and that activity doesn't have to be face-to-face -face activity if you're signposting your families to information and we know from the app because through that survey we know that you know 90 percent of, of of users were satisfied with the app which i think is a ridiculously high percentage satisfaction for digital offer and they found it easy to use the advice was easy to understand and it was actually easy to put the actions uh, the advice into action and so 
the app developers then share those data with you how many of your patients use the app in a month or in a quarter and you feed that back as part of your you know whatever it used to be like off points but whatever you now have to report back and it can help even with you know reimbursement to the practice and all sorts so you know that's one of the reasons why properly onboarding with the app for a GP practice not only helps your activity but also helps you document that activity because there's no other way you're going to know how many of your parents are using the Healthier Together website but what's with the app it granulates it down to GP practice level or PCN level. And then there you go, Bob's your uncle, you've got those data. Yeah, I think a lot of PCN clinical directors and PCN managers who might listen to this will be interested in that because we have quite a lot of access targets um, at the moment. Our, our sort of our winter plans actually will include money to invest in signposting patients to the right place. So onboarding something like Wessex Healthier together uh, will really help with uh, delivering on those plans to help you get that money to deliver for your practices. Earlier on, Sanjay, just before we started the podcast, you mentioned there's a few sort of things going on in the public domain, things that are happening to families that are really live topics that are newly founded. Before I came online, I read an article in GP Online that was talking about general practice suddenly being presented with disease processes that they haven't seen for years due to cost of living, as an example. Um, Is there anything in Wessex Healthier Together that support GPs with difficult new things like that? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The cost of living crisis has affected us all, but especially our, our patients and the, and, and, and the more deprived patients within our practices. And, and I don't think we're experts actually at all at signposting them to what's available because actually we struggle to keep on top of the clinical stuff and, and the new treatments available and the new nice guideline for X, Y and Z. But our, our parents and families are going to benefit almost more from the um, from. from from the advice we give about the social determinants of health as they are from some of the healthcare advice we give. And so we've developed some content on the website under, you know, supporting you with life. There's a parent support tool that actually walks them through the different facets of, of life in terms of, um, you know, money issues, in terms of electricity and bullying in children, uh, you know, domestic violence and all of that and signpost them to local services based on where they live. And so, you know, we talk about make every contact count, and I know it's difficult because in a if seven, ten minute consultation, you can barely get through the kind of clinical stuff. But you know, if we find ways of signposting our families to some of that cost of living information, I think we do potentially help them in ways that we otherwise don't know much, much about. So that's on our website, actually. Yeah, that, that's really useful. And I think it's it's not just us as GPs as well. It's other staff within our organisation. So it's perhaps empowering our reception teams to help signpost families. And then newer members of our teams as well. Uh, we've got all sorts of staff that now work in primary care from pharmacists to um, physicians associates and making sure they're aware, but also social prescribers could be quite a powerful group in this as well. Yeah, do you know, I, th- I think that's right, Will. I, I had the privilege of meeting a, a, an extraordinary social pres- prescriber from the New Forest PCN. So Sam Jenkins has been based down there since uh, about September 2021. And, you know, historically, her previous job was in the uh, uh, in social care with, with families-based team. And so she essentially just supports under 18-year-olds and families with children that are under 11. And that just has a huge impact, seeing a lot of taking... S- 
overseeing a lot of that support about anxiety, about self-harm, about eating issues, eating disorders, where you probably do need a bit of extra time and you need a bit of consistency. So she can set up, you know, six sessions with a family or with a young person. And I think that's hugely important at this moment in time. And it also is work that we don't do that well as kind of acute, you know, quite time limited clinicians. So um, I agree. I think the challenge we have is how do we get all of our colleagues within primary care to know about Healthier Together, to have an understanding of the breadth of stuff that's on there, and then to really promote it and role model it. And I think the app falls into that as well. I think if we can get the content and the app really promoted to parents, I think we will see a very sizable impact on urgent care activity in a society that's becoming ever more risk averse. So we are fighting the tide because if we do, we don't have an option of doing nothing because if we do nothing, we'll be overwhelmed with activity, especially for youngest children who have self-limiting conditions. Yeah. So one of the things that I have found most useful in Wessex Healthy Together using it on the ground is that there's no way I as a GP can stay on top of all of the pathways. I'll see someone with a postmenopausal bleeding and I've got to just remember the pathway for that. And then your next patient is a teenager with anxiety. And and, and it's where do I go with that? And I have to say, for me, as soon as I see a child, I'll almost feel like I need to have Wessex Healthier Together website open for myself so that I know I can direct them in the right direction. I know I've recently used the mental health pathways, which for me feel like a spider's web of complexity currently, very confusing for clinicians and patients and families alike. And I know that the mental health pathways on Wessex Healthy Together, localised for what's available in your area, are hugely beneficial for patients and families, aren't they? Yeah, no, I think it's it's it's... We're seeing oh, the pandemic has just opened up a Pandora's box of things that we just didn't have to manage before. And the explosion in mental health in children and young people is going to have long lasting effects on, on those young people and when they become adults. But but we as clinicians struggle to navigate the system and our poor CAM services are completely overwhelmed. So their threshold for acceptance is essentially so high now that 90 percent of the stuff that we believe needs additional help is not being seen by the group of professionals that we believe should help them. Um, so we do, we've, we, we've worked with our CAMS colleagues and psychologists and others to put together just, just a bit of clarity about what means uh, green, what means amber, what means red, so that it allows you to kind of refer the right patients to CAMS and for them to then accept those patients if they meet those thresholds, whilst otherwise signposting to content we've got on the website and other resources that are available for those families. Yeah, getting them the right thing at the right time, but also not becoming frustrated with the amount of time it takes for us to try and find them for them. It kind of puts them all into one place for us and for patients as well, which is key. So I think the bottom line here, and for fear of trying to bang the drum too hard to our audience, actually, what we really want uh, any listeners to do is to go back to their practices and say, why haven't you got this? It's good for patients and it's good for primary care. It's good for the system beyond primary care, which could also only support care of our patients in all sorts of different ways that as yet are unmeasured. But actually, we've also said earlier on, there are some clear measurable statistics which show that uh, Wessex Healthier Together will benefit practices as well in, the, in their day-to-day workings, their urgent care delivery. 
So I think importantly, a sales pitch for your practices, if I may, uh, go back to your practices and ask why they haven't onboarded Wessex Healthy together. And is there anything you as an individual can do within your own practices to try and make sure that that does happen? And I know Sanjay's got a team of people that maybe we can add into our podcast link. So when this podcast goes out, that will allow you to access the right team if that's something you do want to take a little bit further. Yeah, and I think it only takes 10 to 15, even half an hour for that whole onboarding process. It's so quick. And there is an online form to complete to, to you know, with, with, with videos to how to do it. But, but if, if, if GP practices want to, want to start on that process, either reach out to me, reach out to the LMC that can then just um, forward that email to me and I, and we can get that process started. But I think let's get these things in place before the winter hits because then we're going to be staff deplete we're going to be activity heavy and that isn't the time to be trying to put something new in we've still got a little window when we have we're not all completely broken yeah i I totally agree so there you go let's get this let's get this one on the top of your to-do lists in your practices um as quickly as we can because come december january february you will be incredibly grateful that you took those 20 30 minutes to get this sorted out get it within your own practice systems sanjay as always uh, really grateful for your time uh, and joining us on this podcast and we'll look forward to the next installment of where wessex healthier together is heading seems to be on on a, a great trajectory so um thank you for your hard work on behalf for families and and for general practice if i'm honest thank you oh great to talk we'll look after yourself take care bye thanks wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice